The Hoosiers are moving quickly and are scheduling visits for two of their top targets in the transfer portal. We'll let you know who, when, and where all in today's episode. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Hoosiers, your one and only daily one-stop shop for everything IU athletics. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Rood. want to thank you guys for making us your first listen every single day. The Hoosiers, we spent yesterday's episode talking about some of the players they're targeting in the transfer portal. They're moving quick, as things tend to do when it comes to transfers in college sports, but especially college basketball season isn't even over yet. And there's a number of big names. Indiana is targeting two names that we have mentioned in previous episodes. One of them on yesterday's episode, we talked about Nick Timberlake, who I said yesterday, it sounded like he was their number one option. The guy they were moving after most uh, when it came to the transfer portal. And to that point, uh, Jake Weingarten, who we spoke about as someone who has been reporting various things when it comes to transfers, said that Indiana's Mike Woodson will complete an in-home visit tomorrow with Towson transfer Nick Timberlake. Uh, Ohio State's Chris Holtman and UNC staff have done the same this week. So, there. I mean, if Woodson's going to visit him, that is priority number one. That is the guy that they're going hardest after. It makes sense. For those that didn't listen to Wednesday's episode, I recommend going and listening to it, especially now because it's clear that Timberlake is someone that they're uh, moving after. There's going to be a lot of in-sync puns if Nick Timberlake is a Hoosier next season. But we talked about him. We talked about some other names in the transfer portal. We have more names to talk about today as well. Indiana is being very active and casting a wide net right now when it comes to transfers. But the Hoosiers are looking at Timberlake, the Cliff Notes version, because he's a very good shooter with good size. Uh, He can play out on the wing and probably more as a shooting guard, maybe a little bit in three guard looks. He has, I believe he's listed at 6'4", but it's certainly the shooting that they are after. Indiana was not a good shooting team, neither in high volume. They were efficient, kind of, and we obviously talked about that before, but uh, it was a a team when the volume went up, the efficiency didn't always translate. So uh, uh, Timberlake, excuse me, I've been getting all my transfers mixed up. I have four different tabs pulled up with all sorts of names we're going to talk about. Timberlake is someone that can be both high volume and high efficiency, which is really important for Indiana. He's not the only one the Hoosiers are visiting in-house tomorrow. Chris Ledlam, who was the first name that we mentioned as the Hoosiers being interested in weeks ago, the Hoosiers are going to have an in-house visit for him as well. Adam Zagoria of New York Times, Forbes, he's been all over the place, about as reputable as they come, says that Indiana will be in tomorrow for Chris Ledlam from Harvard. Again, you can go back and find that episode for more of a deep dive. A a forward played three. I think he would probably play more as a stretch four maybe uh, next season, though that could change based on some other names we're going to mention in this podcast as well. But 
he's a three slash four, a forward that can shoot the ball, has some size, can get to the rim. He is, if you want to compare him to race Thompson, I think similar size with a little bit more reliable of a three point shot, but a definitely improved ability at getting to the rim. That just wasn't in race Thompson's bag. That is in Chris Ludlam's bag. You can look up that episode where we talked more about him. I think what this would signal for Indiana is a lot about their style of play next season. If you bring in Ledlam, I think he, I think he would be best as a stretch four. I think he would certainly play that position as well. If you're bringing him in, I think that means it's going to be a more modern look from Indiana's offense this upcoming season, which I think that anyway, we discussed it a little bit. We're going to do a podcast about the need for Indiana to get more modern. They were very old school, by, but they I don't think they had a choice between Race Trace and Miller Cop. They had to play those guys. Those were three of their best players. I think with Mike Woodson having a choice and the guys he's uh, targeting – he wants to play a more open, spread out, ability to shoot the three ball type of offense. Both of these guys, I think, indicate that. I also started putting together, and we're going to work on this because I've already seen mistakes in it. You guys, if you see it, you can tell me that there's mistakes in it as well. But I put together what I use scholarship situation looks like. Uh, There's a couple assumptions I made, and I'll explain those. For those that are watching on YouTube, you can see now uh, what we're uh, talking about. But the Hoosiers are set to have, um, right now, only one open roster spot. But that would change with, or scholarship spot, not roster spot. That would change with uh, Jalen Hood-Shafino leaving. That is one of the assumptions I have made for right now, is that Jalen Hood-Shafino would be here. He won't be, but I left it in there for now. Uh, Outside of that, this is also working on the assumption that Xavier Johnson will get a medical hardship waiver. That's up in the air as as well. So they have one open scholarship spot. Almost certainly is going to be two when Jalen Hood-Shafino leaves. Probably could be more than that, depending on some other names that might enter uh, the transfer portal. But this uh, graph or this chart is also very useful because a couple of the names that we're going to mention are going to have multiple years of eligibility. So if you project forward into uh, 2024-25, again, I made some assumptions that Trey Galloway, Anthony Leal, and Jordan Geronimo are going to take their COVID years at Indiana, we don't know that. I would, based on what most people do, that might even not be the case. We'll see, but it's it's kind of tight right now. But I also think that with the nature of transfers and how many people come in and out, that a lot can change. And I'm I'm going to tell you right now. This list of 12 guys, even if you take out Jalen Hood-Shafina, the list of 11 guys I have for the roster next year, not all 11 of those guys are going to be back. I can almost guarantee that. Who's going to leave? We'll find out. But I would be stunned if all 11 of those guys are on the roster next season. And it's going to be somewhere between uh, 
if you're looking at this, Malik Renu and Trey Galloway, Ja'Kai Newton and Gabe Cups are coming in. Xavier Johnson wants to be here. Everything in between that, there's some degree of uncertainty. So we'll see. But it this gives you kind of a visual of what it looks like. I use recruiting multiple people. I think that's probably as good of an indication as any that Jalen Huchafino is leaving if they're going after two different people right now. But everything can change. And maybe there's a, an indication from them that somebody else is going to enter the transfer portal as well. But that's what a look at uh, how the scholarship situation goes right now. If you guys notice I screwed something up, tell me. I w- I'll fix it. I've already, I was already looking at eligibility years versus class years and had all sorts of names wrong. So let me know if I screwed something up in this. But we're going to keep updating this as we get more uh, commitments and transfers in and out and things like that. But there's a look at that for now. Now, as I mentioned, there are two other names that we have to talk about in the transfer portal. Another wing and another big man, two forwards, I would say, or at least two, uh, uh, a, a wing player, not two not guards is probably the best way of putting it. We'll talk about that here in a moment. First, let's talk about FanDuel. Tournament is still heating up. Even without the Hoosiers, it's hard to believe, but yes, the tournament will go on. Now's the best time to join FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet does not win. Go out there, bet against Miami. Even if you lose, you're going to get your money back in bonus bets, so you can keep betting against Miami. Uh, FanDuel lets you combine your bets for a chance at winning an even bigger payout with the same game parlay, so bet on... Miami's opponent and the under and all sorts of things and really make a big payday for yourself. Don't miss your chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets. When you go to fanduel.com slash locked on, that's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Big thanks to you guys for making us your first listen every single day. We're on set. We're on pace for the best week we've ever had in the podcast. <laughs> it's been a podcast in morning for a good chunk of this week, but appreciate all the support you guys are giving us. We're on pace for the best month ever as well. So while you guys are here, head on over, give us a quick rating and review. That helps us out immensely. And then once you're done here, go check out Locked On College Basketball. They had their bracket preview show for the Sweet 16 Elite Eight. Uh, looking to their final four picks. So you can go check that out once you're finished up here, available on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. Let's talk about some of the new names that we have. Uh, this this is a name I'm absolutely going to butcher. I'm only going to call him by his first name once because, as I said, I'm going to butcher it. But the Hoosiers, this is a name that I meant to mention in yesterday's episode. I forgot it was reiterated again today that they are in on him. Kowasi Reeves. He is a wing from Florida. Played two seasons there. Was a five-star recruit. Transferring away. He's listed at 6'6", 182 pounds. It's kind of... If you look at 247 Sports, who has a ranking of the top transfers, players in the transfer portal, we're going to mention that in a second. They have him listed as a point guard, and he might have been that coming out of high school. He was a five-star recruit coming out of high school. 
If we look at Evan Mia, which is the stats that we use, the more advanced stats we talked about at times this season, they have a a, a way to delineate what positions players played the most on a scale of 1 to 5. If your number is 5, that means you were a true center. Trace was a 5. He was the center at all points this year. If you were a 1, that meant you were the point guard. It can range anywhere in there by decimal points. Uh, Mia was a 3. Like, just straight three. So, he's more of a small forward, more of a wing player who has two years of eligibility left. There's a lot of names in on him, both local, both uh, Big Ten, just general relevant names. Arkansas, Maryland, Cincinnati, Louisville, Dayton, Kansas. Kansas is in on a lot of guys. Kansas is going to have a lot of turnover on their roster as well. I reached out just for, like, a brief idea from our Locked On Gators host, Brandon Olson, and he said the two sentences he gave me was that he is very inconsistent, but very clutch. That inconsistent word, I, I just want straight consistent. I would rather, this is probably a bit of me too much like recency bias, but like I would almost rather a guy that I know is going to go three for 10 every game versus one game going one for 11 and one game going five for nine from the three point line. I don't, I'm not even going to try to, I don't know if those percentages were right, but still give me a straightforward, uh, straightforward player who's going to go three for 10. But regardless, there are reasons why Reeves is sought after and why the Hoosiers are going after him for one, like we said, six, six guard, that's the type of player IU has not had that type of size on the wing. That's the type of player they've needed. If you compare him versus a Miller Cop, you can see there's a pretty big difference there. Over his career, he has averaged just 7.1 points. Last year with Florida, it was 8.5 points, 2.6 rebounds. Not much on defense. He only shot 37% from the field and 26% from the three-point line. So nothing close to efficiency. He's a 71% shooter. Uh, You can look up highlight videos as I did, and you'll see lots of threes going in. He was 34 of 130. They must have taken every three he made and put it in the highlight videos, which, I mean, that's what they are, but (laughs) don't go off those. You can take a look at some stats, and you can see this is not someone that is particularly efficient. He doesn't have – or he did have the ball in his hands – Quite a bit last season, 26.5% usage percentage. For reference, that is higher than uh, Jalen hood Shafino. I didn't pull IU stats up. I, I'm almost certain that's higher than Jalen hood Shafino. Uh, so Jalen had a 25.7. So that means 26.5% of all possessions either end with him scoring the ball or assisting, basically, is, is the best way of summarizing that. It's an estimate. But that's a, a sense of what you get. Trace was at 29%. So Reeves was somewhere between those two. That automatically, I think, raises some questions about how he would fit at Indiana. And his freshman year, he was used almost exclusively as a shooter. His three-point rate was through the roof. He took 90, or excuse me, he took 132 shots. 96 of them were threes, and he only shot 33.3%. So his volume went up last year. His efficiency went down. Sound familiar? We just mentioned that. So 
I have some questions about how that would work. Again, though, I, I, I keep thinking back to just how outclassed Indiana was on the perimeter against Miami. Reeves is the type of guy that could stick out there and you could stay with him and and you could play him in those situations. But there are questions. He's not a particularly good rebounder, not a great in terms of playmaking, not just statistically does nothing defensively. I would have to watch some more tape to see if he's someone that is a good defender, but the stats seem to indicate not so much. Uh, there's some questions about him. You can see why he would be sought after, and there are big names going after him. There is value there. There's a lot of potential there. It's just whether you can unlock that potential or whether he's going to be the inconsistent kind of frustrating player he was at Florida. But a name to note, another name that the Hoosiers are going after, busy, busy, busy. And that's not even the last one because we have a very familiar name, not from the Big Ten, but someone your fans are going to be familiar with that Indiana has reached out to as well. We'll talk about that, who it is, here in one moment. So rewind with me back to last season, not the one that just ended, the one before that. Indiana's first four opponent, Wyoming, had two players of note, two players the Hoosiers needed to watch out for. One of them was Hunter Maldonado, the wing they did a lot of playmaking, always had the ball in his hand, couldn't shoot, and was their kind of best player that season. The other one was, the other one was Graham E.K. Big man, matched up with Trace all night. He ended up with 17 points and 9 rebounds on 7 of 14 shooting in that contest. He has entered the transfer portal, and Indiana has reached out to him. This fit makes a good amount of sense. He's listed at 6'9", 255 pounds, obviously a center. He did not play last season. He had a foot injury that ended up keeping him out the whole year. So presumably he would get a medical red shirt, which means he has at least two years of eligibility left, maybe three. There are... There's some questions. Let's talk a little bit more about him as a player. There are obviously some questions based on who Indiana has on the roster. Uh, Ike was the preseason player of the year in the Mountain West and then obviously did not play. As I mentioned, two years of eligibility. There are a lot of people going after him for good reason. It's a who's who. I had to trim this down. Arizona, Butler, Gonzaga, Indiana, Kansas, Missouri, Tennessee, Xavier. Everybody's reached out to this kid. Here's a, a couple quotes he gave to 247 Sports about what he's looking for in his next stop. Quote, I'm looking for the right fit for myself. I want to come in and be around great people and a great coaching staff within a great university. I want to be around players who understand winning and want to win. I have to get back to the NCAA tournament and I have to win games. I've not won a game there and I would love to win games to push for a national championship. I want to be coached. That in addition to post touches. Being developed and being held accountable is what I'm looking for. I think that that last section of quotes is very interesting. If you're trying to look as to what would persuade him to come to IU, Mike Woodson will coach you. Mike Woodson will give you post touches too. I don't know how hard Indiana is looking at him, not yet at least, but you can understand obviously why. Trace, Race, both are leaving. Both are gone. You only have Malik Renew as a big man mainly right now. Logan Duncan 
if you consider him, but I mean, he was out the whole season basically with an injury. Nothing else in terms of true centers on the on scholarship right now. Geronimo is a question mark, but he's more of a four three. Caleb Banks the same way. He's more of a four. So in terms of true centers, it is Malik Renew and Logan Duncan, and that is it. You can understand why EK is someone they would reach out to. Last season, excuse me, two seasons ago, leading into that meeting with IU, he averaged 19.5 points, 9.6 rebounds, shot 51% from the field. That number is a little bit low considering he didn't, he only shot 11 three pointers. He is not a rim protector at all. He has 13 blocks for his career. So despite being 6'9 and a big man, he is not someone that's going to defend that rim. That, I mean, this is a episode or this is a discussion for a later episode. That might be the biggest question mark I have about what the how the Hoosiers replace. Trace was an incredible rim protector. That's going to be very hard to replace. EK is not going to replace him on that front that front. Though you can see with the scoring and that how it would be appealing. He had a 35% usage percentage, though. That dwarfs even Trace's last year. So there's some questions. He's not going to get that. Not in the Big Ten, not at Indiana, not with the players that they have. He's a good rebounder, but there's some. I have some questions about his kind of general fit. I think the Hoosiers certainly need a center. If you bring him in... I don't know that I I don't think you can play Malik and him together in the front court. If you do, you're just going back to last year's problem of being being very old school. At the same time, I think Malik should be starting next year and EK if you bring him in should be starting. So how do you balance that? Because if you pick one over the other, the one you don't pick is probably transferring. That's just the nature of how things are. Whether you like it or not, guys aren't going to sit the bench anymore. They're going to go somewhere that they can play, which I don't blame them. They should go somewhere that they can play. But there are strengths for both of them. I think Malik showed a lot of potential this season. I think he's a little bit more modern. He showed a little bit of an ability to step out and hit a three. He did it a couple times. At the same time, he has a, a pretty good amount of post moves, but someone like EK, in terms of rebounding percentage, which is basically an estimate of the amount of rebounds a player grabbed when they were on the floor, identical percentage to Trace last year, 18%. So you're getting someone that's a really good rebounder, but he doesn't provide the the assist. You can compare him across the board. I'm not actually going to do that. I was going to. You're not going to replace Trace like that. It's just impossible. He can rebound about as well as Trace did. He can score. Can he do it with the ball in his hands less? We don't know. But EK is certainly a very interesting name that is out there that the Hoosiers have reached out to. I think they need a center. Is EK going to be that guy? I don't know. I don't think EK comes to Indiana and doesn't start. So if it's not that guy, you're either banking on Logan Duncombe being healthy and available next season, or you're going to have to go find a center like kind of like a Michael Durr, who 
was okay playing backup minutes, but I mean, he wasn't that okay with it because he left after a year, but you're going to have to probably do something about that center position in the transfer portal. I mentioned two, four, seven sports and their kind of rankings of players. Indiana's going after some of the top guys. This is just one ranking system, obviously, but Timberlake is the number seven guy in their ranking system. I could look by position. Timberlake's the number two shooting guard behind Khalif Battle of Temple. Their position designations are weird because we mentioned Reeves is listed as a point guard. He certainly seemed like someone who played a lot more small forward, but Reeves is the number nine guy. So there's still a lot there to like. If I do a deeper dive, I, maybe I'd get a better feel on what there is to like just from uh, an, like a very large view, just kind of looking at the stats. I have some questions. Jamison Battle, who we mentioned yesterday, he's a number 10 guy. EK is number 12. Chris Ludlam is number 17. So the Hoosiers are going after some of the top guys in the transfer portal right now to talk uh, or to talk to them, to try to get them to come in. Timberlake would obviously be a very big get. They're sending out the big guys for him. We'll see if it works. Mike Woodson has a, a bit of a closer mentality to him. We'll see if that works as well with players who have been in college as much as it tends to do with guys who are recruiting out of high school. But it's a lot. We had to dive back into the transfer portal stuff. It's exciting thinking about new guys that can come in. Assuming there's no more transfer news, which there very well could be, things are changing. I want to talk tomorrow about whether this season was a successful one for the men's basketball team. It's an interesting debate. You guys can start kind of pondering that yourself. We'll discuss it more in full on tomorrow's episode. But thank you for making us your first listen. For your second listen, check out Locked on College Basketball. Isaac Shade, Andy Patton, they have you covered. They have the bracket breakdown. Go give them a listen. See if you can make some winning bets with FanDuel. Follow us on Twitter if you have not already at LO underscore Hoosiers. Again, subscribe if you haven't, whether on YouTube or Apple, Spotify, whatever it may be. Leave those quick ratings and reviews. It helps us out immensely. Most importantly, though, guys, have a great Thursday. And as always, LEO.